Just make a jam out of it. It's totally fine. Come on a slam and make some berry jams. Woo! Welcome to Things Are Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. <laughs> it was hilarious, though, because she was like, oh, I, my coworker and I overheard you guys talking about your anniversary. And so we're like... <laughs> That's so adorable. They clearly you, didn't hear enough to hear us like making jokes about it. Turn enough to give us free ice cream. Dude, that'll ha- like not with anniversary, but I remember as a kid, I went to I had a like my a birthday dinner at a uh, Mexican restaurant in Tulsa, and my mom was on call during that time, and she she got a phone call like during the dinner and had oh, to no. go run out real quick, which kind of sucked, but not a part of the story. But she was like, do I really have to? Like, it's it's my son's birthday. And then like 20 minutes later, they come out and do the whole mariachi, like <laughs> happy birthday thing. And I was like, oh, God. Like, we didn't even tell them. They just overheard it on the phone and totally went for it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they don't care at all. Like if if you're coming for your birthday like to a restaurant, you're going to spend more anyways. So I feel like you could lie about it just to get the free ice cream and it would be worth it for them as a business. <laughs> uh, especially when we were in college and we would, me and Rachel would go out together. Like sometimes we would do trivia with friends and sometimes it would just be the two of us. Uh, and we would generally, well, in college, I don't know if we kept a specific name or not, but like once we moved to Chicago, you would get uh, the trivia place we would go to would give you a free round of shots if you had the best team name. Like if it was the funniest one and it was like rip. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so, uh, yeah, what was your would, team name? We well, like in Chicago, we will we'll come up with like a name that's like ripped from the headlines. It's like something punny about like, you know, whatever is going on in the media and stuff like that. But when it's just the two of us, uh, Rachel has a specific team name that we use all the time. Do you want to say what it is? Yeah, it is. Um, and I want it to evolve by the way, Ryan won't let me evolve this team name. Um, <laughs> it, our team name is my trivia partner. Doesn't know this is a date. <laughs> <laughs> And I want, like, as we turn in rounds, I want it to become, my curious partner is now concerned that this is a date. Well informed me at this point that we are just friends. <laughs> oh my god. I, think I every really time, want to. Ryan won't let me do that. <laughs> every time you always get some heads turning when you get that team name come in. <laughs> that is so I good. <laughs> so, uh, Stu, if you and your wife go out for trivia... Yeah. Highly recommend. Absolutely. That is hilarious. All right. Well, celebrating anniversaries, celebrating team names, uh, celebrating milestones. This is the 40th ever episode. We are officially over the hill uh, in this round robin game where all four of us bring our own round of trivia for the other three to answer. Uh, yeah, congrats. 40 episodes. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, if we're ready, then uh, we'll let Stu also take the first round. Sweet. Thank you. Alrighty. My round is a lightning round. Uh, so everybody will need pencil and paper. I don't ever get to do the sound effects. Yeah, welcome to it. It's, it's kind of fun. It's addicting. Does everybody have uh, their materials ready? Materials. Yes. 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 They're components and regions uh, for spellcasting. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, so, yeah, this is a lightning round. Uh, I'm looking for the closest to the answer. Um, they win two points. It's two points only for me. 
Uh, no single points here. Right. My round is called May the Odds Be Ever in Your Favor. Uh, if I'm asking for what the probability of something is, I'm looking for an answer to be something like 1 in 10, uh, something like that. Otherwise, you'll probably be able to discern what the answer is from the question. Uh, much like Ryan's lightning rounds, these are things you could probably figure out if you spent enough time on it. Um, but being as how it's a lightning round, we want to, you know, make you sweat. All right. Cool. Uh, so also, we'll... if I could whistle, I would do the Hunger Games thing, but I can't whistle. <laughs> you can't whistle? No, I can't. Oh, man. <laughs> Question number one. What is the probability of getting 20 heads in a row when flipping a coin? Ryan. Uh, one in 40. Rachel. I, I think I heard the question wrong. Um, yeah, mine was a uh, one in 40 million. Actually, <laughs> you're on the right track, uh, though. Uh, the, the answer is one in a million. Right. The math, the math for it is like is very strange. Um, and it's, I guess it's kind of one of those things that like, you know it or you don't. Um, but yeah, uh, apparently it takes, yeah, it's like a one in a million chance to get the same result 20 times in a row and flipping a coin. Wouldn't it be one half times 20? Ryan, that uh, equals 10. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I did not take the right classes for this. Uh, uh, well. I just looked up the answer. <laughs> Guys, get ready. The only thing, I don't ever tell, we don't ever tell anyone or we don't ever tell each other what our rounds are, but I did forewarn Rachel that there is a, a little bit of math involved in mine. Okay. Just to make her sweat. <laughs> yeah, because I'm crap at math. Cool. Uh, question number two. Including the warp to Queen Frostine, what is the smallest number of turns it would take to beat Candyland? Oh, God. Rachel? Five. <laughs> Ryan? Uh, Fourteen. Uh, Rachel gets it. It is four. Whoa. Um, I do not know Candyland at all. Four or five. <laughs> I, I knew Candyland well. <laughs> yeah, the Queen Frostine is like the last warpable space, so if you had perfect luck, you could warp to that one. And the boards change their colors in between, but you'd essentially have to draw three doubles uh, of the same color. Sure. Um, past that point to get a absolutely perfect game. I'm hesitant to ask because it might be a question you're about to ask, but I immediately thought how many, what is the least amount of levels you can play in the original Mario? Alrighty, two points to Rachel there. Uh, question number three. What is the probability of being audited by the IRS? <laughs> can we answer in percentages? Uh, if you'd like to for this one, yeah. Uh, and it's actually your answer, Rachel. Okay. I'm going to say like a 15%. So okay. like 1.5 in 10. Okay. Ryan? I said 1 in 500. Although I don't... Well, go ahead. I'll, I'll wait. 1 in 500. I think Rachel's answer threw me off because now I don't know. She said like 1 in 10. 15% yeah, would what, be like, 1 in 6-ish. 1.5 in 10. 1.5 in 10. Yeah. Wait, think... 1.5 and 10? Yeah. Converting. What does that mean? <laughs> it, yeah, 15, 15 100. Okay. That'd be roughly like 1 sixth. That's yeah. 20. Uh, it, the answer is 1 in 160. 
um, though that includes mostly businesses uh, as well as individuals. Businesses have like a way higher percentage, but just the average, average amount uh, or average probability of it being one in 160. So I think that goes to Rachel. Because um, Ryan, you said one in 500? Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. <laughs> Two points so to Rachel. Woo! That's like one in six, one in five. Well, yeah. not one in five. Well, one in six. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, what was, the, what was the answer? Sorry. One in 160. It's still probably closer to Rachel. <laughs> So what I was going to say is maybe I, I'm curious what an audit entails. Like, it's not a huge overhaul. Like I've been I've gotten a letter in the mail before saying that, like, I owed extra money, which yeah. was true. And when I did the math, it made sense. Like I owed on like a, a, a 1099 that I didn't fully report. or I didn't take taxes out on properly. And so like they called me back. So I guess technically that's an audit. But like it was just like. Hey, you did the math wrong. Call us on our official line and do all this stuff properly, and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've. I mean, I've had that too, and maybe that's maybe that's what it is too. I guess audit not being defined properly makes it a hard question to answer. Because I thought it was like audit of like full investigation, right? You know, like, like it feels like a terrible thing. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense, yeah. especially with the business one. I, I assume there's you know a lot of businesses get double checked on that stuff. Yeah. Cool. Two points to Rachel there. Uh, and question number four. In the board game Clue, there are six suspects, nine rooms, and six murder weapons. If you were to randomly guess who the murderer is, in what room and with what weapon... Sorry, what before the- you go, can you, can you say the totals again of each? Sure. Uh, in the board game Clue, there are six suspects, nine rooms, and six murder weapons. If you were to randomly guess, what are the odds that you'd get it right? Ryan. Uh, one out of 110. Rachel. One in a thousand. I expected you to actually like know that one just off of. Yeah. I, know, I was curious if I feel like I've maybe heard that before, but not not off the top of my head. I was just trying to do the quick percentage math. Yeah. But it got, you know, got way off. There is actually a speed run of the clue video game to where you can just like click through the menus really quickly and the guy clicked the first button for every like every guess that was randomly put in and he made it and so his his speed run is like 10 seconds or something it's ridiculous i didn't know there was a clue game well i'm sure yeah. there's like a board game ish like hasbro you know basic game yeah that would be cool i would totally play like a legit like seventh wonder or um seventh guest like point and click Oh, mystery man. game of Clue. That'd be so that'd, much fun. That'd be so cool. We should we should make that. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, that'll be easy. Uh, and question number five: How many leaves are on the world's most leafed clover? Good lord, Rachel. Eleven. Ryan. Seventeen. It's fifty-six, and it was discovered in two thousand and nine in Japan. It was found by the previous world record holder for the same thing. Guy is like, alrighty. And the final question of the round. There is a rare condition in which less than 1% of the population has two different colors in their eyes. Rachel. It's heterochromia. Ryan. I have no idea. It's heterochromia. Uh, that is the end of my round. Everything is as it should be. Sorry. <laughs> 
Alrighty. This may be the first time or close to the first time I've been in the fort proper. So it's it's nice. I guess it's true. He, he's sitting Thank on the porch outside. <laughs> he hasn't porch. been given a key yet. I am in the fort. My no, you fort. haven't. You don't have a key yet. I created we have to go. Fort, we have to go make sakes. one. No, you didn't. We created oh it having to wait at the starting line. <laughs> it's our bus stop. Exactly. <laughs> the Mount Win. Uh, all right, uh, Rachel, you're up next. Okay, guys. This batch of questions is going to be a little different. It's um, it's more general trivia. It's my style, which should signal impossible but it's targeted at each of you guys so meaning that i have written the questions in my impossible style but targeted at each of your strengths so i'm going to ask each one of you a question pointedly that from what i have discerned is in one of your strong areas and you'll have the chance to answer it first if you can't answer it then i will open up answering to the rest of the group for full points. There are no additional hints. Um, we can do a second round of answering if no one gets it after the first time for one point. Does that make yeah. sense? Yep. So our subject matter, as may be predicted for the entire round, though it is more general trivia, is going to be law because I can. <laughs> I thought this was playing to our strengths. It, it, it is. is playing it's to lawsuits our strengths. about our strengths. Oh God. Pretty much. Don, Don. Okay, so uh, we're going to go ahead and start with Stu. Sure. What video game developer was famously sued by Universal Studios in 1982 over the developer's now infamous game character, which has been the subject of several franchises, Game Developer 1, finding that the 1933 movie on which the lawsuit was based had fallen into the public domain? Go ahead, Stu. That would be Nintendo, uh, and they were suing over Donkey Kong. Also, fun fact with that, the lawyer's last name was Kirby, which gives rise to the name of the character Kirby. It's it's heavily implied that it was a kind of like a tip of the hat um, of like, hey, thanks for saving our ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> see, see you guys, see you guys. It's law, but it's not. Yeah, I like this. See, see? that is two points to stew. Alrighty, sweet. Okay, in the movie, The Hangover 2, one of the characters wakes up with a face tattoo. This scene almost prevented the release of the movie because the tattoo artist who originally made the tattoo on which the movie one was based sued for copyright infringement. Who is the famous personality that actually has that tattoo? That is correct. Mike Tyson is in that one, right? I think. I have no idea. He's in one of them for sure. Dude. I, I assume that's the one where it came from. Okay. Ryan, are you ready? Uh, after knowing both the last two, uh, I realize I'm going to get screwed. <laughs> <laughs> eh. Well, I've gone through for the category of sports for you. So, sports ball. Sports ball. The NFL is notorious for their policing of usage of their and other football related trademarks. In particular, they have caught heat for their, these aggressive policies. However, they don't actually own any rights in this famous mark. And that's why you see so many commercials with it instead of the actual mark around a certain time of year. What's that mark? What time of I, year? Oh, it's... Is yeah. this Super Bowl? That is not correct, Ryan. Oh, my God. I'm going to open up the field. 
Go ahead. That's what I thought it was, too. No. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Stu. Uh, Go ahead, Stu. The big game? That is correct. Yeah, yeah. What? That's, they don't that own any rights. In, no, they don't own any rights in the big game. What are you talking about? They tried to get actual official rights in it, but they were sued by Stanford and the University of California and couldn't get the rights. Yeah, but the big game is referencing the Super Bowl. It is, but it it's is, not but the Super Bowl. They couldn't get the rights to be exclusively using it. God, You're allowed lawyers. to reference somebody. You can just call it Super Bowl because you can't mess with that. I will say this, and that's why I threw in, Ryan, for a little bit of explanation. Yes. That's why I threw in the bit about why so many commercials use that phrase. Yeah, but I would just assume it's a super... I have... I shout objection, and then I yield my time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Stu, are you ready? I'm ready. Wait, so did Stu get a point for that? Stu does get a point for that, yes. Thank All you. Right. Um, Stu, in the 1980s, Pac-Man was the biggest thing, which in the time of these events was in the process of being developed for an at-home console by Atari. However, developed by Philips and made for the Philips Video Pack console, what video game apparently resembled Pac-Man so much that it was begging for a lawsuit? Oh, man. This one's tough. The only one I can think of is Centipede. That is not correct. I'm sure I'll know it as soon as I hear the answer. Is it Qbert? No, that is not correct. If it's Miss Pac-Man, I'm going to throw something. <laughs> <laughs> no, the game, I've never heard of it, but apparently it was a big deal. Was Casey Munchkin? Whoa, I nope. don't know that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but I'm not huge into video games, so my, my like, meter on what is huge and what is different isn't quite standard. Yeah, it's all good. In 2009, what curiously named lighting company sued Pixar and Disney for the use, naming, and subsequent promotion of its same-named mascot of the Pixar studio? Luxo Jr. Luxo is the name of a lighting company from Norway and had been for like 50 years. Whoa. Hmm. <laughs> Ryan. Nice job. Yes. And we're back to sports. I love, I love getting answers right and then having it flagged and called back. <laughs> okay. This case, one of the few sports ones ever to do so, went to the United States Supreme Court over the NCAA's stringent rules on game broadcasting. This university football heavyweight accused them of practices violating the Sherman Antitrust Act, the soonest one to claim the NCAA was creating a monopoly. And for a surprise, they won. And it's a surprise because it was a finals game. Name that university. Oh, uh, come on, Ryan. It's loaded with hints. <laughs> you said soon, and I know it's you. So I'm going to say Oklahoma University, although I yes. don't actually think that's true. Okay. Yes, that is correct. I was trying, so this one was just a very interesting thing, but I was trying to throw in something. <laughs> I, I <laughs> nice would, job. Without saying soon, I would have said Alabama. And then I threw in the line at the end, giving it that they won. It's a surprise. They won in a final. So this would have been in 2000? Oh, this was, this was before 2000. Way, way before it, back in the 70s. So, fun history fact. 
years ago, the NCAA restricted every school to they could only broadcast, I think, six games a season. Whoa. Total. And they had to be broadcast the way the NCAA wanted them to. So Oklahoma got mad and tried to do its own thing. And then they got sued by the NCAA for, I think, something like breach of contract. And, um, and they responded saying, no, this is, your, this is monopolistic behavior. You're controlling the entire market. Hmm. And you can't do that. And they won. So now people like the Big 12, the Pac-12, and independent schools can actually broadcast and, and contract with different stations. That's why you have to search through 50 different things to find where your game is at. <laughs> interesting i didn't know that the good and so, the bad yeah. cool uh yeah two points to ryan there nice good nice job guys i'm glad to find a round that people could answer yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like that one <laughs> all right this is guys, my... ryan's gonna lose <laughs> surprise <laughs> All right, this is my round. Uh, I'm super excited about this round. Uh, it might, may or may not drive everybody crazy, but uh, we've played a little bit of media mashup games before. Uh, this is Media Math Up Mash, where uh, oh I will give God. you the description with two of two titles, two media titles with numbers in the title, as well as a computation you need to do. Uh, you need your answer to be the final number. So I will give you two common names of something that you've definitely heard of before that has a number in the title, uh, as well as in the clue, uh, there is the computation of math that you need to do. So add, subtract, multiply, divide. Uh, I will tell you, each question will always be a band first, so a music band first, and then a movie second. And okay. your answer needs to be the number. So you need to do the computation of the number in the title. Cool. How cruel are you? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number one. Shouting, I hate everything about you is far from graceful, especially when you add this taming adaptation of a sister who can't date until her sister is allowed to as well. Rachel. Rachel. 13. Yes. So this would be Three Days Grace. Uh, I hate everything about you as far as from Graceful. Uh, yeah. Added to 10 I Things I, I Hate About you. you. Oh, that's why. Okay. Nice job with this Taming Adaptation. All right. Based on Taming of the Shrew. All right. <laughs> question number two. This band can't even count the four in Spanish and cries Bloody Sunday when you multiply them by this Detroit rapper's struggle to make it big. This band can't even count the four in Spanish correctly and cries Bloody Sunday when you multiply them by this Detroit rapper's struggle to make it big. Any I'm stuck guesses? on the band. Yeah, I'm stuck on the rapper. What band so, can't count to four correctly in Spanish? So, <laughs> so uh, every so the band is always first, and movie is always second. So this band can't Stew? even count to four. Uh, Stu, twenty-four? Not twenty-four. <laughs> Sixteen. You already guessed twice. So I think Two? no points there. So what's yeah. the band? <laughs> so their song Vertigo goes uno uno dos yeah. tres catorce, which is fourteen. Which is 
Right. And cries bloody Sunday. Oh, you from too. Their song, okay. Sunday bloody Sunday. Oh. I just couldn't think of the name of the band. Like I oh, completely okay. blank. I knew the song. I knew right, exactly right. what you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, uh, multiplied for- by uh, Eminem, the Detroit rapper struggle to make it big. Yeah. That would be Eight Mile. I- Although technically Eminem's, he isn't Marshall. He's some other. I don't know. J- yeah. Jeff or uh, some some random person who's supposed to you know essentially him, but not named him. Yeah. Uh, the answer would be 16, it'd be, which would be U2 div- or, uh, multiplied by 8 mile. Question number three. It's lonely at 3 a.m. for Rob, who's feeling a little unwell. It's even worse when you add the fact that some of us can see dead people. Even worse when you realize we've all been dead the whole time. This would be uh, Matchbox 20. It's 3 a.m. and uh, unwell also featuring Rob Thomas, when you add in the Bruce Willis film, The Sixth Sense, that would be uh, Matchbox 20 plus The Sixth Sense. Question number four. Uh, This rapper who was shot nine times gives his two cents to subtract a group of longstanding superheroes who gain their powers from cosmic radiation experience. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quick. Uh, I was, I was going to say 3.5. <laughs> yeah, there's no, no decimals. There's no half points. There's no, yeah, right. I no. would never there's allow always going to be half points. <laughs> <laughs> so this rapper who was shot nine times and gives his two cents uh, would be 50 cent. Uh, that you subtract a group of longstanding superheroes who gain their powers from cosmic radiation exposure, surely stretching the idea of everything we know. That'd be 50 Cent minus the Fantastic Four. All right. Question number five. Taking your rock lobster to the love shack won't save you when you've been divided by the masked man of the lake from summer camp. Taking your rock lobster to the love shack won't save you when you've been divided by the masked man of the lake from summer camp. I try to do the. I'm trying to do the math. Um, yeah, you're asking for math to be done God. in a quick amount of time. It's not possible. Oh, two, still four. Yes, the B52s and Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, oh my God, I, I was like dividing by thirteen is like uh. Um, uh. I I tried to find it's it's hard to find divided by list. Like I took a bunch of names and. Uh, that was the one I realized playing cards always divide uh, 52 cards by yeah, four oh, suits. Right. <laughs> and also, uh, shame of the day is when I had to listen to like four different uh, B-52 songs <laughs> while I was working on all of this. <laughs> Rock yeah, Lobster is the most absurd song I've ever heard in my life. Have- nice job. Question number six, last question of the game. On a first date, asking, what's my age again, won't help you when you add a whole litter of animals that are being snatched up and turned into coats. Stu. Rachel. Stu. 200 and, um, 290, 283. Yes. I have to do the math. Holy crap. Doing math under pressure is really hard. <laughs> yeah, I had an answer, but I was off by a full hundred because I can't math. <laughs> <laughs> that would be one on Dalmatian. First, <laughs> on a first date asking what's my age again would be Blink 182, adding to a whole litter of animals that are being snatched up to be turned into coats. 
Uh, nice job. Yeah, that would be Blink-182 plus 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> what animal would play in a trivia bowl version of all of this? A goldfish. Probably an owl for me, not for any like sign of wiseness, but of the eyes just getting bigger and the head turning around <laughs> as the question was asked. I was going to say like a ferret or something, and it causes problems as it runs across the desk. <laughs> oh, come on. Give me a cuter one to be causing problems, like a loris. A like super cute, but also venomous. <laughs> Thank you uh, for that reference, but ferrets are adorable. I used to have ferrets. I, I miss them dearly. They're not that bad. Yeah, they're, they come, you can't buy them from the store unless they're de-stinked. De-stunked? Whatever. <laughs> Stinctified. <laughs> All right, that is the end of the game. All righty. Uh, let's get into some picks. Like each and every episode, a couple of us give a movie, game experience, something cool like that. We recommend the rest of you check out. And Rachel, today you have a pick. Okay. So my, my pick is actually a law book, but not for the law side of it. It's called the, um, the Art, Making Your Case, The Art of Persuading Judges. I own it. It's a book about writing and how to write clearly, concisely, and very persuasively. And it goes through everything from how to prep yourself to how to write, like, headers that, like, are so beautifully done that you walk away from their table of contents having learned something. It's, cool. it's a really, really good book. I think really good writing skills are essential no matter what your profession is. And it's very interesting. It's very like clear and down to earth. It was written by the late Justice Anto Antonin Scalia and a guy named Brian Garner who is very well known for his writing um, in the legal world. So. It's basically from their own description. It is it covers the essentials of sound reasoning, how to develop an argument, the art of writing, what to include, what not to, and um and what kind of things how to where you don't have any support, how to use emotion for your availability because most people don't like being appealed to via emotion. So yeah. I highly recommend it. It's a very simple read. It's an easy read. It's on Ryan's list. He hasn't read it yet. I actually um, have it right in front of me. I was supposed to give it to you before we started the show. Yeah, you were. So I had to pull it up online so I'd make sure I got everything <laughs> right. Um, it's very good. They have a whole section of them. Most of them are not going to be as applicable to people who are not in the legal field. But this particular one is just an excellent book on writing. And it's done... Not like in legalese that's hard to understand. It's just so clear and so straightforward. It's beautiful. So I highly recommend it for people who might be interested in that. I think everyone can always improve on their writing, no matter how long they've been doing it. Yeah, I have it, I have it here because uh, you gave it to me to read, and I'm going to get to it soon. But I, Two I'm months looking ago. through it. <laughs> I have library books. I have lots of library books, and those have due dates. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm looking at it now, and it's, you know, things like uh, uh, general principles of argumentation, uh, never overstate your case, be scrupulously accurate, if possible, lead with your strongest argument. Uh, just sounds like a lot of stuff of being quick and to the point, and which is something that most writing 
as an adult in emails and business stuff uh, never gets handled pretty well. I think, you know, one of the, the biggest things that they repeat and, you know, just tips for all of our readers out there and really in any profession is very few people have the time to sit down and read every single word that you wrote. So they need to be able to understand everything you said without doing that. The shorter it is, the better. The more concise it is, the better. The clearer it is, the better. Restrain your emotions and don't accuse. Yeah. Which uh, everybody could probably, anyone who's ever worked anywhere can probably uh, take a little bit of that to heart. Yeah, this is cool. Uh, I, I am going to read this. I have two books that I have to get through first that have deadlines, but... uh. This is uh, Making Your Case, The Art of Persuading Judges. But uh, as you said, uh, it, anything about technical writing or just detailed writing, uh, I'm, I'm sure is, is worth reading. It, it's really good. I highly recommend it. Yeah. So that's the book. Uh, Stu, you also have a pick. <laughs> I do. Um, mine is one that's it's a little silly, but I've <laughs> I recently got into it. So uh minus to minus to go and make jam uh for yourself i didn't realize how incredibly easy this was until the other day i don't know why i never looked it up but basically i just had a bunch of blueberries in my fridge that no one was eating and they were going to go bad soon and so i was like oh maybe i'll try and do something with these and then i realized i was like oh i can just make jam and it is stupid easy it is literally lemon juice maybe like cinnamon and then like a cup of sugar if you want to do that and the berries themselves and you just cook it for 30 minutes you just let it sit there and stir it every like 10 minutes it's totally fine and it tastes phenomenal like (laughs) if you have bad fruit in your fridge or something that's gonna go bad i don't know if you could do it with bananas necessarily but like just make just make a jam out of it like make a mixed berry jam out of it it's so much better just i just jam out of it just make a jam out of it. It's With totally fine. lemons, make a jam out of it. Make a jam out <laughs> of it. It's totally fine. But like, I, I can't tell you how many times that I'm like, oh, I have like a couple of strawberries left. Like, oh, these blueberries are going to go bad. Like this container of raspberries never like ended up getting eaten. But yeah, I don't know. It, it, I've done it like three times already. Um, and it's, I don't know. It's, it's way better. It's way tastier. Uh, you get to make something that. I don't know. It's fantastic. If you want to can it and give it away, like, or just save it for a while, like go ahead, you know, just put it in a Mason jar, put in some boiling water, take it out for 15 minutes or whatever. And it'll seal itself. Like, yeah, Yeah. start, uh, start making jams out of your fruit. It's fantastic. (laughs) And it tastes way better. And don't waste your fruit. Um, you can do a lot more with it. If you are going to waste it, freeze it, take it all at the same time when you have enough and then just make a mixed berry jam. So that was my question was about uh, canning it and like preserving it. So the the lemon juice, I, I'm assuming the acid is enough to help preserve it along th- with canning it properly. I think it's more for flavor, um, oh, really? to be honest. Yeah. So like you can, you know, certain recipes, you might want to add pectin to it, uh, which is like what helps turn it into essentially like a, a gelatin sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But pectin is natural in a lot of uh, a lot of foods. Pectin is natural in a lot of foods. Uh, so like the skin of the blueberries, as you cook it, it will break down and automatically add that to the jam. So you don't need to add anything to it. It will just kind of preserve itself as you break down, uh, you know, break down the blueberries or whatever the fruit is with just heat over the course of 30 minutes or so. Huh? Nice. Yeah. That's cool. I've, I've never made actual jams, but I have done like, 
reductions a couple times, like raspberry reductions and stuff like that, which are really good. Yeah, and that's I mean it's it's just a, a lengthy or a, a longer process of a fruit reduction. But I don't know. I I was amazed to find how simple it was, and like I guess I just had never done that or known anybody who did do that. And I once I realized how easy it was, it was like. I'm never going back to this. Like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like this is, this is awesome. So I guess any, any cooks out there, just yeah. go make a jam, put make a jam out of it. <laughs> Get out of here, smuckers. <laughs> nice. I like it. Well, if you're listening at home uh, and you have a pick, you think other people would like, uh, let us know, email us at things and we will shout it out on the show as well. Uh, you could also hit up the website at things got wrong.com. Uh, and social on Twitter and Instagram at things you got wrong. Uh, the next episode will come out around mid April, around uh, the fifteenth. So get your taxes in order and get ready for an episode. You you somehow made and, that uh, made it go down. It's actually the question that kind of inspired the round that and the Candyland one because I was like, oh, it's tax season. I wonder what the percentage <laughs> of audits is so, like audits yeah. is. And then so you do your taxes or not? Uh, that's uh, that's on you. Uh, but definitely make sure you listen to the next episode. And until next time, we'll see you later. <laughs>